Shamai Frindiai. That's Welsh for hello friends. We're keeping it on brand here at Hometown Homicide. Welcome back to the fourth episode of Hometown Homicide. I don't have any reviews this week to read out, so it's going to be quite a short intro. <laughs> this week we're going to be discussing the case of a John Doe here in Wales. I don't know if we actually call them John Doe's in Wales. I've never seen him referred to one. I don't know if it's more of an American thing, but I know them as John Doe cases, so... I guess I'm just going to call it that. This week we're looking at the case of the Clochainog Forest Man. On Saturday the 14th of November 2015, two brothers, Andrew and Mark Middle, were camping in Clochainog Forest, which is west of Denbyshire and east of Conwy in North Wales. They were spectators of the Wales Rally GB, which was being held in the forest. This was previously known as the RAC Rally, and they were setting up camp for the evening when Mark discovered what he believed to be a human skull on the ground in some undergrowth. North Wales police were contacted and they came out immediately. The next day, pathologists confirmed that the remains were that of a human being. And over the next 21 days, almost a full skeleton was recovered from the scene. The remains were found about a mile from Lynbrenig Lake, a popular sailing location that attracts thousands of people every year. And the main roads nearest the area include the A55, the A494 and the A5. Post-mortem found that the skull had suffered from blunt force trauma and so they ruled the case a homicide investigation. Carbon dating found that the man was at least 54 years old. Later it would be said he was probably over the age of 60 but they've always reported at least 54, probably over 60. He was also found to have been born before 1950. His height was determined to be around 5 foot 10 inches and he was described as being quote well built. They did manage to obtain a full DNA profile, which is quite remarkable considering they only had a skeleton to work from, but unfortunately no matches were found in the National DNA Database or the National Missing Persons DNA Database. But he had many defining features that someone may recognise, so the police still have hope that even though they haven't found his DNA yet in any of the databases, this is vital in ruling out people that come forward. So if someone comes forward with a missing loved one and their DNA doesn't match, then they can rule that person out and continue on with the investigation. There's no kind of questions around it. And it's a lot easier to A, find the person that it is and B, rule out the people that it's not. Among his defining features were a fractured nose that he had had at some point in his life that had now healed. He also suffered from osteoarthritis and had fusion on the vertebrae in his spine. He would have suffered from pain from these conditions, and he would have had reduced movement because of this pain. Seven teeth were recovered with the remains, and it was determined that he had had poor oral hygiene in his youth, and had had extensive high-quality dental procedures to correct the damage later on, so he would have had a few teeth missing that were then corrected by a dentist. This dental work included crowns and root fillings. 
Dr John Ramsey, who was featured on the Facebook video appeal by the North Wales Police in 2018, said that dentists have a preferred way of doing root fillings. So there's a few different ways of doing it and a dentist will pick their preferred way of doing it. And because of this, a dentist would be more likely to be able to recognise their own work so they could look at it and say, that could be one of my patients because that is how I would do a root filling. The dental work was thought to have been carried out between 1988 and 2000. Professor Caroline Wilkinson also featured in the video on Facebook. She had conducted the facial reconstruction of the man. I will post these on my Instagram and my Twitter. Both the handles will be linked below. There are actually three different reconstructions with different ages, and this is because originally they thought he was around 54, and then later they thought he was probably over 60. So the three different facial reconstructions are three different ages. So one is when he's around 50, one is around 60, and one is much older. The roots in the ground that were found around the remains also gave a time frame for when the man may have been left in the woods. The main time frame that the police are focusing on is between 2004 and 2010, but they have said that they aren't ruling out anything earlier than 2004. This is just kind of their focus in their investigation. Fabric remains were also found at the scene, and although these can't be conclusively linked to the victim, the police have released them as part of the appeal. The clothing found was a green Pringle jumper in a size large, which was sold between 2000 and 2004. They also recovered dark red underwear, which was sold by Marks and Spencers, and it had a waistband size of 36 to 39 inches. To this day, despite all of these clues and all of these kind of indicators as to who this man could be, he has not yet been identified. Peter Moore a serial killer who had buried the body of 28-year-old Edward Carthy in Clockainog Forest after stabbing him to death. Around 20 years prior to the discovery of the Clockainog Forest man's remains, wrote a letter to the Daily Post saying he believed he knew who the body belonged to. However, Detective Superintendent Yeston Davis, who is the lead investigator of the John Doe case, said in the article, quote, this continues to be a live murder investigation. We have, at his request, spoken to Peter Moore, but we continue to appeal to anyone in the community who can help identify this man and offer any information which would progress the investigation. Although the description that we have of the man remains limited at this time, we hope that more information will come to light which will lead to his identification and help establish the full circumstances surrounding his death." Unquote. Many people online speculate that he is the victim of Peter Moore. However, this is difficult because it doesn't match his MO. He stabbed people in a frenzied attack, whereas the body that was recovered or the remains that were recovered suffered from blunt force trauma. So it doesn't match the MO. And there are other bodies that have been found in Clockainog Forest. It isn't just that of the one victim of Peter Moore who has been found there over the years. Other people tag missing person cases under the Facebook post of the uh, video that I was talking about just now. But as of today, which is the 22nd of June 2020, his identity still remains a mystery. If you have any information about this case, you are urged to call the North Wales Police on 0300-330-0101. That number again is 0300-330-0101. 0101 or you can call Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 111. That number again is 0800 555 111. 
There will also be a link in the show notes below to the North Wales Police page to report any information about the case. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Hometown Homicide. I know it was a little bit shorter this week. I just, I went through so many sources and they all just ended up saying pretty much the same thing. So I wasn't expecting it to be like a mini Hometown Homicide, but that's kind of what it's turned into. I do hope that bringing this back to the light will maybe bring someone forward. And if you share this around, maybe get the word out there, then somebody somewhere may know something and may be able to get that information to the right people. If you do have any cases that you want to suggest or recommend, you can email me at hometownhomicidepod at at (laughs) email.com. You can do that at hometownhomicidepod at gmail.com. I'm tired. It's very late. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, If you want to check out any pictures pertaining to this case on Instagram, you can find me at hometownhomicidepod. And if you want to reach out on Twitter with any possible theories, any case suggestions, I'll take them on there too. You can do that at h underscore hpod. And for all the sources, I'm now going to start linking them only in my on my website just because it's getting to be a lot in the show notes and I feel like it's just very distracting and quite messy looking. So you can find any sources for this episode on hometownhomicidepod.wordpress.com because I'm too cheap to pay for my own URL. I hope you guys have had a really good week and I hope this week is great for you. I will see you guys in my next episode. I will speak to you guys in my next episode. I think I'm going a bit delirious with tiredness. I will speak to you guys next time, and until then, stay safe out there. Bye!